What's up everybody, Billy Robbins here with Intent Man, and today I wanna to talk to you about habits. Almost every single success or failure that I've had in my life, you could stem back to a pattern of habits. If you think about it, success or failure, isn't like usually an event. It's not usually a cataclysmic event. I mean, even if it happened in a moment, right? Like I remember when I put my car into a light pole and the light pole on top of a house got a DUI and crashed my car. Um, you could call that an event that was pretty bad. That was a, a, a failure. But what led to that failure wasn't even that night, wasn't that event. It was a sequence, a pattern of habit that I had. And that habit was obviously partying too much and putting myself in positions where something bad could happen. Now, thank God nobody got hurt, but I, without even intentionally thinking about it, were doing things on a consistent basis that put myself and others at risk. It was the most um, immature, like destructive thing that I could have been doing, and I did that a lot in my past, but it was, I didn't wake up that day and just think like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get a DUI and crash my car. But no, but I did think about, hey, where am I going out tonight? Where are we partying? Where are the girls at? Where's the bar at? And so I would follow that pattern. And so if, uh, if you think about it, everything that happens in your life, this great success or great failure, was stemmed from this type of pattern of either positive behavior or negative behavior. And most of what we do is actually a sequence of habit. Now, some habits are trivial, right? So you could think like, well, how do you get to work? Right? Or how do you brush your teeth? What do you do when the alarm clock first goes on? And then you have some really big habits. Some of them are really negative. Right? You have addiction type habits. Right? Or you just have uh, positive type habits. Right? You have a certain sequence that you go through to say goodbye to your kids or hello to your wife. There's habits are everywhere. And the interesting thing about a habit is a habit is kind of like a, almost a bit of an autopilot. Right? It's like, I was like, when you do habits continually, that work, that effort, whatever you used to do, which used to be maybe arduous when you first started it, all of a sudden becomes very easy. It becomes, it's almost like autopilot. You don't even think about it. You don't even think about how you do it. Now, that's one of the biggest issues when we deal with habits is that we don't actually even think about the power or the magnitude they have. We don't even think about what it is. Why do I have this habit? How could I change this habit? Or how is this impacting my life? Now, one of my favorite books is a book called Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. Uh, great book, read it. But one of the things that he does, and he's a Pulitzer Prize uh, uh, winning novelist um, and writer, and he's done amazing work, and he dug into really what creates a habit. And what he says creates a habit is there's three aspects to it. There's the cue, what triggers the habit. There's then the sequence, right? The actual habitual activity. And then after we do that activity, there's a reward, all right? So let's think about that in the context of our lives, right? Let's say, think about when you get home from work, all right? You're driving home, you get home. What are the first things that you do? Is there like a relaxation thing that you do? Maybe you kick your feet up, put on the TV, do you open a beer, do you do certain things? That's a habit. There's a certain trigger. I got home, this is what I do. So if you think about your life, you could basically break up your life in probably hundreds and hundreds of different habits that are going on there. And if you look at those habits, some of those are leading to positive response. They're following the path of progress, or some are leading to a negative. Let's use this for an example. Let's say that your, your afternoon snack, right? Your afternoon snack every day, you, it's, you know, it's after lunch, it's before you get a little hungry, or maybe you get off a certain call that you have every day at like 2.30. What's your habit? Certain people, so I have a trigger. It's my afternoon snack. I'm gonna go walk downstairs. 
Now I go walk downstairs and I either grab something healthy, maybe like some few almonds or some carrots or something, or I decide that I'm just gonna eat a bag of chips or maybe like a, a cookie or something. Now that can seem so inconsequential at the time, right? I just walk downstairs, I get something. But let's zoom, let's, let's take a look at that, zoom out of that and look at that over the course of maybe two or three years. If every day you eat that cookie or every day you eat that, those carrots, that's gonna bring you to a completely different trajectory. Let's think about some other cues that happen in our lives. What about um, anxiety, right? Let's say you get a little anxious. What are some things that you, how do you deal with it, right? So for me in the past, if I dealt with anxiety, I would actually immediately try to distract myself. So that was one of the big things that I used to deal with with anxiety. If I got really anxious, an easy way to distract yourself would be go mess around on the internet, right? Go watch some meaningless videos, go play a game on your phone, go whatever. I've done all those things in the past. Um, but after a course of really analyzing these things and my, with my wife's help, I realized that the best thing that I can do anytime I'm really battling anxiety is go for a run. So I go for a run for 15 minutes, get back, completely changes. Now, one thing I did could just be completely wasting my time and also reinforcing this distraction type behavior. Another thing I could do could actually start to give me some energy and some focus and helps my fitness levels and just overall helps me. And so that leads me to the second piece of, there's some habits that have a greater power than other habits. And so I call these multipliers and dividers because some of these habits if you bring them into your life, can actually have a magnifying, a multiplying benefit in your life. But likewise, if you have negative behaviors and patterns and habits, they can actually destruct your life and make everything else more difficult. Now, I'm sure there's habits like these that fall into all categories of life, but I think all guys have to think about and analyze the habits that we have in five areas. These five areas, I bet we would find some massive opportunities for optimization. And those five areas are fuel, fitness, finances, fun, and feelings. So let's break those down. Fuel. Well, what's fuel? Fuel is anything that we allow in us. We have habits and patterns that we allow things in us. Maybe it could be certain people we talk to. It could be the TV that we watch. That's another input. It can be obviously the food that we eat, what we drink. All of those things that we allow in us are going to have a certain output. Now, if we have certain patterns of habit where you know, a couple times a week we go out and we you know, get drunk with the buddies, well, that's going to lead to a certain outcome. Now, as we talked about this as being multipliers and dividers, think about the drinking analogy, right? If I go out and I decide that um, I'm going to have a few beers after work and I go and I do that. There's, now, after I do that, it might seem meaningless, but maybe those few beers keep me up a little later than I wanted to be. Right? Or they end up after a few beers, I end up eating food that I necessarily wouldn't typically eat, but I'm in the right state, so I eat it. So the next morning I wake up, and maybe I don't wake up as early as I did before, as I usually do, and so I can't go to the gym, I can't do my morning routine, so then I'm a little bit more tired, so then I decide to drink more coffee through the day that then kind of wears me out and stresses me out, so at the end of the day, ah, I really need a few more beers. And we create this pattern, this cycle, and now, we just talked about many different habits and many different cycles, but they were triggered. There was a multiplier, or in this case, a divider, that when applied, had a negative outpouring on all these different areas. It, we worked out less often, we ate worse, and we perpetuated the whole process. So think about a positive from a fuel. What if we decide that, hey, we don't drink, 
we drink lots of water, I don't drink a lot of caffeine at night, or I don't know, whatever my habit is, you know, I make sure that I don't drink any caffeine past 3 p.m. or something, right? So if that's a habit that we create, then all of a sudden we sleep better at night and we go to bed earlier. So if we go to bed earlier and we sleep better at night, we wake up more rejuvenated in the morning. Then we're more likely to work out. And since we're more likely to work out, we have more energy and focus and power at work. So we actually excel at work and do better at work in a shorter period of time. So then when I come home from work, I feel more fulfilled, I feel better about myself, so I'm actually a better father, I'm a better husband, I'm just better in this whole thing called life, I have more mental clarity, and the process continues. We have a positive pattern in cycle, it's a multiplier now. And so that applies again to everything. So let's talk about the different areas. So again, fuel. So we talked about what we eat, what we drink. I'm sure we can come up with tons of different things in there that are either multiplying or dividing. And then TV, huge. Just the fact of how much TV do we consume, right? Like that has a massive impact in our lives. What type of TV do we watch? What kind of things do we allow in us? There's no way that we can't let something in us and it doesn't impact us. Maybe sometimes it's small, you might seem like it's trivial, right? You may be like, oh, watching that show is not a big deal. Sure, it's got you know, certain content in it that's a little suspect. You might think that doesn't have any impact on me. It doesn't have any impact on my marriage, how I look at my wife, or how I treat people. It doesn't. But just like that, maybe that little snack that you have, that little cookie. You know, you eat it a few times and you don't think there's anything wrong, but you do it every single day for years and for years and it starts to distort. Same thing happens with people. The, the, what type of people? Do you have habits and do you have boundaries around who you allow to speak in your life? Right, if you have some friends at work or different friends and they're always gossiping and they're always talking trash and bringing up the dirt about people's life, could seem insignificant. But we allow that to fester and involve in our lives and all of a sudden it creates negative patterns. So be careful who you talk to. Be intentional about who you allow to speak in your life. And all those inputs that come into us will affect us and those habits will develop in our lives. So uh, next one is fitness. Fitness, I think, is probably the most obvious, right? Fitness probably has the most foundational obvious uh, multiplying and dividing effect. If I work out and I'm fit and I have energy and I'm strong and I'm confident, I have power, I like how I look, I like how I feel, I'm just, I got control. That completely changes your day. That's why that morning workout, that run, that lift, whatever you do, like it just sets you up for just amazing things for the rest of the day. It gives you just this power and this confidence. Like how much of a positive impact and outpouring of benefit does that have on everything else? But the same thing is also true on the opposite, right? If I don't work out, especially if I want to, I know I've been in that place. I've actually been in that place a little bit lately. I haven't been as consistent as I want. And I know that I want to work out. I know the benefit it has. And I don't do it. I'm like, oh, it's late. I got to get into the office. And then I'm tired. I'm sluggish. I don't have as much power, confidence in everything I'm doing. That perpetuates. And that has a negative outpouring, right? Then it's like I drink way more coffee during the day when I don't work out. I do. What does that do? That increases my anxiety levels. That dehydrates me, stresses me out. What does that create? And the path continues. Again, success isn't usually an event. Neither is failure. It's systematic. It's, it's process. It's step, 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 step. That each thing that we do uh, facilitates that process. But some things have a catalyst effect and actually birth um, many other opportunities for benefit or for destruction. All right, finances. Finance is another obvious one. Think about your money. If you have control over your money, you have no debt, you got lots of capital, what does that give you? It gives you way more options. You decide more, where do I wanna live? Where do I wanna work? What kind of things am I gonna invest in? What am I gonna do? What vacations am I gonna take? 
right? Having control of our finances has a massive multiplying or negative effect, right? If you're just barely making it and you're in tons of debt, that limits your options as to what you can do for work, right? That might limit your options of going and getting a, starting a business. You're like, well, I can't leave this job. I got the mortgage, I got the two car payments, I'm up to my ears in debt, I can't risk it, I got too much to lose. That limits your options, that limits the potential you could take because you didn't have it. It's a, it's a major catalytic event. The next is, um, is fun. Now fun, what I mean is leisure. Now leisure is interesting because we have to make sure we have leisure. Now, that's one thing I tend to fail on. I tend to forget that I should just have fun. There's some times where I just gotta relax, I just gotta have fun, it can't be all work all the time. But in the context of fun, there's some things that are fun that facilitate long-term success and there's some things that are fun that are negative. Again, the whole party scene, something I was in for many, many, many years. My idea of fun and what's led to that car accident was hanging around with girls and getting wasted. Either on alcohol, drugs, something, I was gonna get jacked up. That was fun to me. So because I had the habitual pattern of that being fun, I put myself in a situation where I could go get a DUI and hurt somebody. And it wasn't until after that event that I actually started really looking at things. Started thinking about like, well, how does this occur? But it's because I have a lifestyle, I have a habitual pattern of equating fun to this thing. Now, some of it doesn't have to be that negative, right? Let's take, for instance, uh, actually golf with me. Um, it wasn't ever really that good, but I used to love golf. Played golf a ton. And then I had a family. And then I realized something. I was like, hmm. I said, I, gotta, I work five days a week. The only day I can play golf is on Saturday. So on Saturday, I go spend $100 and five hours chasing around a little white ball. And so this, this day that I have to actually spend time with my wife and my family, I'm actually spending money on something and I'm removing myself from my family. And if I wanna be any good on Saturday, I gotta hit the driving range a couple times during the week. So then after work, I'm spending a couple hours hitting balls. And what I realized was this does not support my family dynamic. Like trying to be good at golf is something that does not support my family dynamic at all. So what I started to do is actually switch. I actually found tennis. And tennis is fantastic. I can play it before work. I can play it for 30 minutes. I can play it for an hour. And then even better, as my daughter grew up, she started loving tennis. So now she's 15 years old. I play tennis with her all the time. So that's something that's fun for me to play tennis also is depositing in my daughter, both in our relationship and her progress to hit the goals that she wants. This now has a multiplying benefit. It, it, it magnifies my, my fun, my leisure in tennis actually supports many other things. Uh, the last one is feelings. And feelings is huge. And actually, if you uh, watch the, the podcast on labels, it's kind of tied to this a little bit. But how do we control our emotions? What kind of habits do we have around emotions? Right? When we get that input of rejection, that input of anxiety, of fear, of whatever, what do we do with it? What patterns, what habits do we have around our emotions? I just talked about earlier about the anxiety thing. That's a, that's a feeling that comes in, it's a trigger, and do I have a habit of dealing with that in a positive way or a negative way? If I'm feeling low, do I decide to eat a lot and drink a lot to make myself feel better? Or do I go and work out and exercise? Completely different pathways. Also, do you have habits in place to actually cater or to create a positive emotional state, right? Like, do you wake up in the morning and speak truth over your life, the, the labels, the identity in your life? Do you journal what you're doing with? Do you have friendships and relationships where you get to openly and vulnerably communicate how you're feeling 
and doing it in a way where it's healthy and expressive and not you know, being bashed or bashing other people. Those are habits that you create that have a massive, I mean, think about emotions. If you're in a positive emotional state, if you feel confident, if you feel secure, and you're battling life like that, you're so much more likely to succeed. Think about it the opposite way. What if you always feel defeated and depressed and down? It's really hard to win that way. It's really hard to have life that way. So I would take those five areas, fuel, fitness, finances, fun, and feelings. Take those five areas and start to think about what are the habits I currently have? Do I want to reinforce them because they're positive or do I want to change them? And again, going back to Charles Duhigg's book, the only way we can change it, you can't change the cue, right? You can't change that thing that comes in that starts it, but you can change the sequence. So from now on, when I'm feeling anxious, instead of reaching for a beer, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go reach for my running shoes. Could completely change your life. Hope this helped. Hey, thanks for watching our video to the end. You know, we're so excited about helping men hit their mission. With that said, we're giving away one of our workshops called the Intent Goals Workshop. Intent Goals are not your typical goal workshop. This is where we help develop goals based off of your purpose. We develop passion, fire to execute, and detail the plan so that you can persevere to see it completed. So go to intentman.com goals right now for free access.